Hello and welcome to the Our Wisdom podcast. I'm Geeta Sundaram from Goa, India, and I'm here to talk to you about all things business, politics, and culture. Thank you for joining me. This edition is an Indian budget special and looks at the road ahead for the Indian economy in 2020 and beyond. Hello and welcome to the Our Wisdom podcast. Today we are discussing the Indian Union budget on which the entire Indian economy was pinning its hopes in order to be revived. For the past 4 to 5 years the Indian economy has resembled an old car one that drove great just the other day if you've ever driven an old flivver you'll know what i mean it starts slowing noticeably and stalling along the way as well on certain days well you get the picture to get the full import of what i'm about to say you have to imagine the indian economy roaring and racing ahead just over a decade or more ago growing at the pace of 8 to 10% india was the envy and toast of the world except china who despite being larger was racing even farther ahead of us at the rate of 10 to 14% well it's been a great slowdown since the past 4 years or so and a lot of it self inflicted Something told me that the government was going to blame it all on the global slowdown instead and that's why I wrote about a made in India economic slowdown many months ago on my blog. Sure enough, the Indian Economic Survey 2020 as well as the macroeconomic framework statement on the finance ministry's website refer to the global slowdown as the main culprit. So, for the sake of context, let's take a little look in the rearview mirror. fact is that the past decades breakneck speed of growth especially of infrastructure has been financed by bank lending which should never have been the case banks increasingly found themselves neck deep in bad debt which has now also spread to the non-banking financial companies soon the indian economy found itself hamstrung by the twin balance sheet problem as india's former chief economic adviser arvind subramanian called it referring to the deep debts that both companies and banks were swimming in Thanks but not only to this the Indian economy began losing steam with not enough corporate lending to bank on banks started focusing on retail lending which kept the momentum going for another year or so until the big demon appeared on the road in 2016 demonetization or the withdrawal of 86% of India's high denomination currency from the system dealt a death blow to the rural economy to small businesses in the informal sector and shrank demand beyond belief the government is still in denial over the devastating effect of demonetization but it has taken a good 2 years or so to recover from it i wouldn't say that we are out of the woods even now in fact in the intervening 2 years or so various other factors have aggravated the indian slowdown these are as vital as entire engines of growth breaking down first to give trouble was the demand engine which has been slowing ever since 2015 demand only accelerated the pace of slowdown almost to a creaking halt one of the biggest impacts of demonetization was the sudden spike in unemployment across india as thousands of biz- small businesses downed shutters and laid off workers 
Both rural and urban unemployment have been on the rise and the last figure released by the government put it at 6.1%, the highest in 45 years. The Centre for Monitoring the Indian Economy, CMIE, puts it at a much higher figure, around 7.5%. With all the excess capacity in the system, businesses stopped investing as much and the investment rate has slowed to a decadal low of 25%. Small and medium businesses still find it hard to get bank credit. The rural economy, which was the main engine of consumption growth, started slowing as well, thanks to falling agricultural wages and high debt. Farmer suicides have become a common feature of village life and rural distress is high. Staying with the motor car analogy, the automobile sector has been the worst affected, with sales falling by as much as 30% in the past year. Against this backdrop, what does Budget 2020 deliver? We'll discuss that after this tiny break. You're listening to an Indian budget special of the Our Wisdom podcast. We'll now look at what Budget 2020 has in store for us. Welcome back. Sadly, I have to say, Budget 2020 doesn't provide any stimulus to revive growth in a slowing to stalling economy. The government doesn't even appear to acknowledge that the slowdown is of crisis proportions. And coming on the heels of last year's budget, which followed the re-election of Modi's government with a massive majority, it doesn't even pretend to make amends for last year's mistakes. Then, too, the government forgot to address the problems of high rural distress and unemployment that were the most critical issues facing the country. Instead, companies got significant corporate tax breaks in the mistaken hope that that will revive investment. Of course, that was not to be, and instead we had a tax revenue shortfall of 1.5 lakh crore. Worse, a year later, India's growth has slowed from 6.8%, just revised down to 6.1% in 2018-19, to an estimated 5% in 2019-20. I had written in my blog that money should have been pumped into the rural economy and employment generation. Unfortunately, this year too, the budget gives the rural economy a miss. Funds allocated to Manrega, that is Mahatma Gandhi Rural Employment Guarantee, have been cut by as much as 13% this year when they should have been doubled last year itself. And funds for agriculture and allied activities have not increased by a significant amount, merely by around Rs 30,000 crores. The government has allocated more funds to PM Kisan, a farmer income support program announced just ahead of the 2019 elections instead, but that has already suffered severe implementation problems according to news reports and one is not sure of money reaching farmers. Besides, it doesn't include landless farmers who are amongst the poorest. The other feature of this year's budget, and one that I was dreading, is income tax relief to the middle class. 
Not satisfied with last year's tax breaks for businesses, the government has decided to extend the benefit to ordinary folks as well in order to boost consumption. I think it is a pointless exercise since only 2% of India's working population pay income taxes and it is not going to make a difference to consumption. They have taken the less harmful route though by offering the new tax regime as an option and not one that will replace the existing regime. The highlights of this year's budget again seem to be those that will benefit business, especially foreign businesses and investors. While the government could have a significantly increased infrastructure spending, it is only an increase of rupees 38000 crores over last year. On the other hand, the government has made it easier for sovereign wealth funds to invest in India's infrastructure projects by making their investment 100% tax free. It has also abolished dividend distribution tax making dividends taxable only in the hands of receivers we can expect companies to increase their dividends and invest less in their business much to the chagrin of shareholders many believe that the government had no room for maneuver in this budget since it overshot its fiscal deficit target of 3.3% by half a percentage point now saying that this year's fiscal deficit will be 3.8% They also estimate next year's fiscal deficit at 3.5%. But the fact is if we had made the right decisions last year, we wouldn't find ourselves in this crisis today. We are now looking at the road to terribly sluggish growth if any. We would be paying for several mistakes that this government has made with respect to the Indian economy since demonetization in 2016, the badly implemented GST in 2017, and now two years of wrong decisions aimed at the supply side of the economy when the problems are all on the demand side. The government's estimate for India's real GDP growth in 2021 is an optimistic 6% and we keep hearing of India becoming a 5 trillion dollar economy by 2025 while it sputters to a halt. You have to ask which world the policymakers live in because even while this budget was being presented the virtues of wealth creation were being extolled. and how india was one of the wealthiest countries in the world in centuries gone by as economics makes way for more revisionist history and we are asked to keep looking at the rearview mirror we have taken our eyes off the road ahead meanwhile here's hoping it will not be a dead end thanks for listening to this edition of the owl wisdom podcast it's goodbye from me geeta sundaram until next month For more owl wisdom, read my blog peripateticperch.com and follow me on LinkedIn and Twitter.